0: All right, in this episode of Burritos Breaks and Flies, we're joined by
1: Taylor. Taylor Brune. everybody. How are you guys doing? <laughs> we're here for another great podcast, hopefully.
0: And in this one, we're going to touch a little bit on some of the high Sierras, eastern Sierras to be specific around the Bridgeport area. So we'll talk about some specific waters um, and some fantastic eating and some soft tips and tricks uh, to get you started out in that area. And of course, we like to thank our sponsors. Um, and leading the way in sponsorship this week is Battleborn Beer, um, running high and mighty, and with a new distributorship in the Eastern Sierra. So you'll be able to grab this uh, Reno brewed American lager along the 395 corridor, everywhere from uh, the border area and Walker all the way down uh, to Bishop. So all those hot fishing areas, uh, you can pick it up. Um, and if you're coming out of nevada i mean it's been available in nevada for quite some time so you could pick it up there hence as well the hence the name battleborn um also like to thank Adamsville uh, adam's Built fishing monic fly lines uh semper fly tying for the cool materials that we catch fish on um, and mystic fly rods um we recently got into the the reaper x's and they're pretty sweet and um also local bridgeport eatery growlers you got to try it out you'll hear more about it in the podcast so Stay tuned, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Burritos Breaks and Flies, the Hush episode. all right and welcome to another episode of burritos breaks and flies and i'm joined by my guest host mr taylor brun hey everybody how y'all doing today aka well formerly known as a prodigy currently known as t-balls <laughs> i don't know that's the one you picked that you picked last time so
1: yeah you gotta catch fish to be called a prodigy you know
0: well <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. don't discredit yourself like that. <laughs> so anyways, thanks again for joining us. So this podcast is just going to be Taylor and I, and we're going to be talking about the season opener in the Eastern Sierras. And specifically, we're going to kind of focus around the um, Bridgeport area. Uh, specifically, look at my notes here, because my memory sucks lately. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. There's too much desert air. It's probably Mother's Day. It is. It's coming yeah. up. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the more popular waterways uh, in the higher elevations of the eastern Sierra to the south Areno, Reno um, around the Bridgeport area. So we're going to talk a little bit about the West Walker, uh, the East Walker, uh, we'll touch on the Bridgeport Reservoir, uh, Twin Lakes, and then we'll creep south a little bit and we'll talk about uh and highlight crowley and the upper owens river and these are all popular locations um with uh, reasonable access um i think good fishing quality you know for the most part if you got one water that's off you generally have another water that's that's on and productive so that's the great thing about going out there is you know one one water's not hitting i mean you're a short drive away from the next water i mean it's it's just kind of you can hopscotch all day and some of these you can even hit A chunk of these waters in the course of one day if you really want to do a a, a grand tour
1: no definitely and with temps going up you just go up higher in the mountains the temps get better right temps get too cold go down lower in the mountains you know right no exactly (laughs) and then we're
0: also going to talk just a little bit about the uh, fish stocking programs there's a private stick uh, fish stocking program uh in the bridgeport area uh, uh bfef and the recently added BTEP—that's uh, the Bridgeport Fish Enhancement uh, Foundation—and the Brown Trout Enhancement Program. I hope I got that right. I think I did, <laughs> but it's a great program that supplements uh, the fishery up there, and we'll touch on that a little bit and what that's about and what it means to that fishery uh, for all of us, whether uh, uh, you know you're a gearhead, you know, or a fly fisherman. So I'm using the nights terminology. That's good. Freak your heads. We love you all out there. Doesn't matter. We'll pick on you, but it's all the same. We're out there to have a good time. Um and then some of the local businesses that support what we do and we love to support them, Ken Sporting Goods. And we'll talk about our favorite eatery in Bridgeport and that's Growlers. That's gonna be a hot topic, so stick around for that one. There's so much good stuff there. I mean it's such a I'm great excited for that oh one. Anyway, it's such a I mean you could be having the worst day. And you go see Will over at Growlers. It's game changing. It's game changing. I mean, it's something you would never expect it. It. it will go into it. I'm excited about it. So, <laughs> well, let's let's hit in it. So here, we'll we'll uh, we'll reach our hands into the hat here, and we'll we'll pick out we'll pick out the first water we want to talk about. And I think we'll start with one of our favorites, and that's the East Walker River.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's, a, that's a tough river to uh, beat. It is close to Reno. You can't really beat it.
0: It is. It is. And, and, and Taylor, you've been fishing there longer than I have. I mean, I, I literally picked up on that river because of you. It's your fault, (laughs) you know, as, as an alternative river to fish, you know, that was a number of years ago, but, um, I mean, what, I mean, just the landscape by itself is fascinating. I mean, the river, uh, cuts through two States. It, it starts out of Bridgeport reservoir. uh, So it's just one long tailwater. Uh, and ultimately ends up and merges with the West Walker and goes down into, uh, Walker Lake out in, uh, Hawthorne. It takes a long trip. (laughs) Yeah. It's
1: a long trip through a lot of dry country on the Nevada side too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. But the the part we'll focus on, on the East Walker will be the section that comes out of Bridgeport and runs, uh, through California into Nevada, through Azachi, down through the elbow. Um, so we'll focus on that. And, uh, Let's talk a little bit about our favorite target in there. Obviously, they got the rainbows, but I think it's probably one of, if not the, premier, and this is going to come with some argument to it, but probably one of the premier um, West Coast brown trout rivers.
1: Oh, yeah. No. The, you know, I, I went messing up, messing up, oh, messing up, right? Got tangled a few times. It was windy, but messing around up at the elbow and. Uh, Endow just stocked it a couple weeks ago and the brown trout fishing was on fire. Mm-hmm. Not wild, sadly, a couple wilds, uh, a couple wild rainbows in there still, but tons of brown trout. And it seems like those stalker browns seem to fight a lot better than those stalker rainbows. I don't know what it is about that.
0: Well, it's just a lot, it's a hardier fish and it, and, the, and there is that stalked element. I mean, you get the, uh, the stalkers on the Nevada side, but what, what the real treat is, is the, um, is those kind of homebound, large browns that hang out in there that either spend their time growing up in Bridgeport Reservoir and find their way into that river and make a life in there and all those nice little deep holes and, and hard runs. And there's just so much, there's so much for them to eat. There's, from what I understand, there's like tw- over 20 different baitfish in that little river. Um, you have crayfish, you have scuds, you have large stoneflies really large stoneflies uh nice size caddis you know and then all the other you know basic um you know insect life in there um even this the, the terrestrial stuff coming off you know off the lake you got uh dragonflies you got uh, damsels in the pools you have uh frogs you got mice there's everything for them to eat and yeah they, and they get i mean they get they get chunky You know and that's a lot to be said in such a small water you know i mean some of those are getting pulled out of there um you know there's reports of you know anything from 26 up to 32 inch brown trout getting taken out of there and
1: i've seen the proof (laughs) oh yeah no you know you look at you look at the Truckee river and you'd think there'd be massive browns in there and there are oh yeah they're far they're few and far between as of late but for some reason, that little East Walker, just for the size of the river, it would surprise you what you can pull out of there.
0: Yeah, it's a terrific river. You can fish it in a number of different ways. I mean, it does have a lot of shallow runs. Um, it does have a lot of runs that approach the highway on the California side. So if you're losing looking for easy access, you can literally find pull offs right next to the river, and you know make your way up or down river, you know, and find. A nice little stretches and you can fish it with anything i mean you just got to stop pull over sit there and kind of look at the river for a bit to see what they're doing there's a lot of occasions where those fish will rise both on the california and nevada side um that's fun you know when they're rising because they'll move into the shallows and come up and pick stuff off um and the nymphing game is is you know relatively strong there um you definitely run a lot shallower than you would like on a uh more of a medium-sized river like the Truckee. um so i mean any anything kind of goes there you can free drift the nymphs you can put them under an indicator um those are probably the two best ways you're going to be pretty hard pressed to try that euro style nymphing. It's pretty kind of not really i mean i know people probably do it but it's not really set as that type of river just the way it's built because you have shallow runs that that drop in the deep pools so you want to make your presentation as natural as possible in my opinion um you know to get in front of those fish because they are they, are, they can be wary, especially yeah. in the traffic areas.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah, let's talk about some, you know, yours and my favorite methods. I think that would be a good thing. What do you think? Tell us about it. Yeah. Um, shoot. I think my favorite time of year on the East Walker, it's got to be right at the end of spring. Mm-hmm. Early summer, late spring, right when the flows just start to kind of even out. Um, some of my favorite things to throw in there. You know, with all those bait fish, it's hard to choose. That's that's the biggest problem on there on what you want to tie on. But uh, I definitely had the most success with big browns in there on crayfish patterns. Um, I usually tie mine dig, jig style. Uh-huh. And um, probably like blue wing olives, you know, like little size 16, even a 14 at that time of year, just yeah. above that. And that way you're kind of playing with the meat and you're playing with the uh, side salad, you know, for the fish. <laughs> right. you know you're Side kind of talent. in both ball games and you can catch the little ones and then you can entice those bigger guys sure chunk of meat at the bottom
0: sure yeah i know you've had good luck with that and i know i've run some of your bugs down there like the prodigal stone and i've caught all kinds of variety of fish from the regular trouts to the all the other little crazy fish in there you know those sacramento perches those are a blast you can go down to the toilet bowl and if you're having a bad day you can just you can probably throw a cigarette butt in the water and catch a sacramento perch,
1: yeah and if you guys are curious <laughs> about the toilet bowl it's just right below the dam there out of bridgeport reservoir yeah yeah if you're having a bad day that's where i go where the fish aren't biting yeah You feel a lot better catching a couple sacramento perch. the
0: toilet bowl i love it <laughs> <laughs> no it's a good time um some of my favorites my, my singular method in there is i'm, I'm i keep it pretty simple because i notice that with a wide variety of insect life and and um you know other food items i i lean more towards the classic um guide's choice hare's ear or something that's you know like a beaded hare's ear um alternating colors uh with um you know tan and olive uh, or the bird's nest they're they're danger close in appearance and that has a close resemblance to a lot of things you know uh, caddises especially on the olive side on the tan side you find a lot of scud life in there, and you'll find the scud life, believe it or not, moving more towards on the Nevada side. Uh, so, that's that's a great thing to replicate. Um, I I just don't know what it is I'm, when I need a good searching pattern that works for majority of the season. I'll have a heyday. I'll have a heyday on that. Uh, hopper dropper rigs are great. Can't yeah. Be, I mean, those are kind of like if do you if you have no clue what to do, you're coming in just coming in just like yeah, I don't know what the heck to do. Uh, run a hopper dropper, you know, run a big, like a big Chernobyl, you know, something meaty. You'd be surprised. You can't go too big on that river. They'll go for it. And then on the flip side, underneath it, drag something underneath it, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, not
1: too heavy, but heavy enough to get down, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 Not, not too heavy. You don't want it. You know, Cause like, like we mentioned, there's a lot of shallow sections and you could snag up. So you can run that pretty shallow. I mean, you can yeah. run that pretty tight and close. You don't have to have a huge long leader on that. I mean. Heck, I mean, you can even just be like two feet, 18 inches, just something short. it will get you down enough and it'll get them to turn up and look, you know, so you can cover both spectrums of the water there. And again, kind of like what Taylor said, you can run any number of things. I mean, you could run that, um, that guide's choice. You could run your, your small caddis patterns. You could run, you know, when it's colder, the little small betis patterns. Um, don't be afraid to do, go crazy. And something I like to do, it's kind of unorthodox. I'll just tie an unweighted San Juan and let that fall underneath, you know, the weight of that, um, and then the squiggly ones, you know, so you got the weight of that rubber and the hook will just drop it naturally and it'll tumble naturally. Um, you'll pick some off, off that, uh, buckskin caddis when the caddis bite is on the buckskin caddis oh, are yeah. great. Yeah. And, and those, those sometimes are tough to find in local fly shops, but um kent sporting goods has quite the array of things that work on all those local rivers and they carry a ton of them
1: yeah and even in later in the year like i found good luck on like the october caddises in there sure the, i mean we sure. could go all day talking about it
0: yeah but, madam x's work there well, well we tried
1: we talked about dries a little bit yeah not really dry guys but i guess streamer wise i really like the dead drifted just because it does tend to be a skinnier yeah water so i usually dead drift into a swing at the end you know with like a olive or brown leech yep whatever or crayfish whatever you want
0: yeah and then uh uh punky perches um if you get your hands on one of those if you want to get meat in there um put one of those under an indicator uh don't be afraid to do even like a small balanced leech that'll work great um olive colors you know cray colors um perchy colors yellows whites greens i mean you name it there's over 20 species of bait fish in there and including the the species that we'll regard to as indigenous, <laughs> you know, like your your rainbows and browns and stuff. Like browns, um, uh, they do have a spawn in there. So, you know, anything that would imitate a young brown trout, uh, because they do eat themselves. Um, small rainbow trout, because they'll go for that. Uh, small Sacramento perch, uh, two-e-chub, um, you name it. So you kind of get the drift. So you can't really go wrong with a bait fish pattern. Um, so oh and then i'll add my favorite dry there which is pretty much my favorite dry anywhere in the eastern Sierras. When what i'm trying to guess is either a tan or an olive ec caddis mm-hmm. in a 14. Uh, if they're going smaller go no smaller in a 16. they just can't seem to resist that because it re- does represent so many different type of yeah. emerging bugs or you know bugs laying eggs on the surface or or anything like that so that right there is the east walker in a nutshell yeah, we, we, I mean, we can do a whole podcast on that, yeah. but that just, just a touch on it. So, I mean, if you're, if you're a beginner, you know, start at the toilet bowl, have fun there. There's, there's plenty of the fishing features there. Work your way up, um, work your way up through the Miracle Mile, uh, past the first bridge. That's a great spot. Work your way towards the border. Um, be careful as you get closer there because there is a 2.2 mile section of private ranch. Um, I'm going to mispronounce it, but it's the Shriney Ranch. Maybe that's the way to pronounce it, but Anyway, yeah, they'll know. They'll know. It's the only one. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, but there's no there's no fencing indicating the um, the California side of the property. But if you're on the Nevada side, walking towards the California side, uh, kind of pretty much where the Sweetwater Creek dumps in, right past that, you'll see a fence line going across the water, and that's a no a no go. Um, but it is available for fishing. Um, you can book them through Ken Sporting Goods, um, and it's seventy five dollars for a three quarter day, one hundred dollars for a full day, um, and it's very quiet beautiful majestic brown trout water so i mean if you if you got the money to spend i think it's well worth it because i mean they limit it to four anglers a day so uh, you know minimal traffic uh over the course of 2.2 miles yeah if you're stuck on
1: the weekend fishing you know and you want to get a little more than elbows length from somebody and that's a good option for sure
0: no absolutely so let's 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 uh we can talk a little bit, we'll, we'll, we'll go around Bridgeport Reservoir, we'll touch on that a little bit, but we'll cut over to the West Walker. It's one of my little favorite Freestone, you know, style, uh, style rivers, and why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience on the west and I'll share mine. You know,
1: I haven't fished the west in a couple of years, but um, actually when I just started getting into fly fishing, that's when I really was hitting it pretty good. Um, just past, oh goodness, Markleyville, um, you know, they stocked the crap out of it, so it was a really good spot for me to get started back then, and they put some, back then at least, I haven't fished it, like I said, in a couple of years, but there were some big stalkers they would throw in there, and I, and I have a feeling it had to do with that uh, stocking program out of Bridgeport there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, lots of fun, there's a ton of water in there to fish, lots of access, all the way up, almost to, uh. Shoot, Nico, over there at the uh – what is it? The mini – the little walker meets up with – The big walker? <laughs> I, I guess. I, I Like I said. I've well, because been... there's
0: a little walker river yeah. that runs down. So that, that – you can catch the head of that easily, like up by the Obsidian Campground. And they, they do stock that. It's a skinny water, um, but they do stock it. And that runs down. And w- once you get past – um the 108, the Sonora cutoff. If you looked at, as you pass that and you just head into the Walker River Canyon, you'll see the Little Walker merges with um, the regular West Walker. Yeah. Like in that area, you know. Yeah,
1: and and right before those two meet, that's some awesome water. Um, I like to throw pretty much the same thing I threw in the East Walker. You mm-hmm. know, uh, crayfish patterns do all right. Um, not as good, but it seems like it's more of a nymphing game mm-hmm. um, in that stretch for me most of the time when I have fished it
0: yeah yeah and that section so and i'll add on to like the west walker as it comes out uh, as it comes down sonora pass so that that lake excuse me it feeds off of poor lake um it's pretty much as its head um uh poor and then there's another section that um starts the west walker a little bit further up so they have you have a junction there um right before the sonora pass kind of heads up makes that big you know incline big climb um so that section there the old uh, the old brown trout or not the the wild trout section excuse me is right as you approach the gates to the sonora pass you can't miss the gates you can't miss them right before you see the gates you turn left there's a big dirt turn off with a big dirt pull out and you could park in there and there's a little man gate you could walk through and you could follow the course of that west walker as it heads towards the 395 which is quite a few miles but you know and you have you have mwtc the mountain warfare training center for the marine corps Sniper Fi, uh, to the, <laughs> to the Northia and you have some just gorgeous open water. And the nice thing about this is you get, you do get some stock trout in there. There is some holdover uh, browns that do live in there. If you can find them, you do got stuff coming down off of poor because uh, poor does hold, um, a healthy population of brook trout. So don't be surprised in heavy water years, overflow years during high water some of those brook trout will get dumped into that headwater section of the west walker um you know in pickle meadows right there um and it's great i mean it's like super clear water you know most of the time you can sight fish um some years you get lucky and you could get into some really great white fish and i've caught in some I, if these fish basically if i if i was in nevada i would have caught an if it was in nevada they would have been record fish in nevada <laughs> could the white fish i was pulling out of there were just phenomenally huge and again they're eating like size 16 ec caddises that's something you got to look for like right after the runoff dissipates you go to the upper pools and you got to be really stealthy because they spook easy and they're gone you know yeah. so you really got to creep up on them but you'll see them in the evening like after four o'clock you'll see their snouts coming up you'll see something sipping off the water and you could chase them like trout um you know, but you got to get really low profile. If you stand up in fish form, you will not catch them.
1: That's yeah. When you period, when you fish whitefish, they are, they're like a little bone fish, you know, they are, they got some good power sometimes on those bigger ones.
0: They are, they are. And if you cruise downstream, um, fall the river down, you'll find some corners with deep pools, um, and cliff, you know, cliff walls, you know, um, short cliff walls, you know, five, six, seven, eight feet tall fish underneath those, um, by keeping and try to keep yourself invisible if you can. Um, and you'll probably run into some brook trout, you know, after that early runoff, and you'll know it. And that, there's no discrimination on what you throw at them. You could, dries they'll go for it in the evening. Um, you could uh, submerge nymphs, uh, no indicator needed. Just you know, just do it by feel. You know, put a single on there and, and just drift it through those corners. Not too much to snag on, um, and if you do, it's kind of easy to free up. You, know, you got a lot of you got leg room. You know, to unsnag yourself. Not a big deal. Um, it's great fishing, great sight fishing. Um, and then you move further down, um, uh, to the first crossing off the 108 and you can fish under that bridge, you know, or to either side of that bridge. And when the stalkers get put in, that's a great place just to rip little LCTs and, and whatever California fishing game, um, decides to dump in there at that time. And again, that's, that's a water that's going to be supplemented this year, I believe by BFEF too, as yeah. well. So you'll find some bigger, right. you'll find some three to five pound rainbows in there. Yeah. I
1: believe there was that big, uh, what bacterial outbreak in the state hatcheries this year again.
0: Yeah, probably. But yeah. That, that, that's the nice thing about the BFEF is that they, they, they supplement the regular California plantings, um, and with quality fish, you know, so for the angler, you know, for some of us, I mean, I wouldn't call us purists, but I mean, we like to go for the wild fish, yeah. you know, but you know, there's sometimes with these heavily trafficked waters, it's nice to, for them to get some life in those waters. And, um, Ray over at BFEF is doing a great job of, you know, it gets a quality fish, um, gets it dumped in there. They're all tagged. So if you do catch it um, and you plan to keep it, um, you take it down to Ken Sporting Goods. And they record it, take a picture of you, record the tag, and they have a drawing in their uh, summer fishing tournament um, that I think you can win up to like 750 bucks or something. So it's worth it, you know. Yeah. And most of those stalkers, in my opinion, some of them, some will make it, some won't make it. You know, so if if you if you do want to take a fish home, that's a place to do it. You know, if you do catch a wild, put it back. You'll know it won't be tagged. It'll have sharp fins. Um, It'll be feisty as heck. Yeah, just you know, put that fella back because he'll kick around and he'll be there. He'll be there for the next time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and you know about that West Walker and and the program with stocking it. Um, I've always found that area is just fantastic if you're just getting into fly fishing. Yeah, you know, it's really that you know, Brad Pitt river runs through it kind of feel. It's it's wild, majestic, you know, those stalkers really help keep you motivated. If you're not quite doing it right, right. stalkers kind of give you a little uh, feel good.
0: <laughs> it's, it's a great place to learn fly fishing because um, it's, it, it, it's wide open. you got those wide open meadows. I mean, there's a few tight spots, but they're kind of... <laughs> fewer than i mean it's rare i mean if you get in those tight spots you're probably going to bypass it for the open water so you can get a lot of good casting experience in if you're if you're trying the dry fly thing um you know working with the wind because you do get breezes through there you know sometimes you have still days but more often than not you know you have some type of breeze coming in there so you could practice your casting in there practice your presentations you can practice reading water it's very simple water to read, you know, you can see features so you can understand them better. So when you go to a different river, even the East Walker, which usually is just steelhead green or sometimes puke mud colors, um, just because it's all, you know, tail water from Bridgeport Reservoir, which is extremely nutrient rich, unlike the West Walker, which is nutrient poor, extremely nutrient poor. It's super clean water. Um, you can learn to read those features in the West, carry that over to the east and it'll help you out tremendously because they do share a lot of common uh, underwater features.
1: Yeah, and that free stone when it melts off and it blows all those trees off the banks so you don't have to worry about getting stuck so much if you're still learning how to cast. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, exactly. And and you got to watch it. Like this time of year right now, it's still running pretty heavy. So you got to wait for it to run off a little bit. You know, once it starts tapering off, you know, then you could hit it. But I'm telling you, just be prepared. It's cold water. It's Very really cool. I mean it's coming off the top. I mean it's not like Bridgeport where it comes down and settles down as a chest <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that that west is can be really chilly. And sometimes you won't find your best fishing there, quite honestly until July or August when it warms up. You know, so that, that fishing you may have been getting on the East Walker earlier in season, you'll you know, you'll get that uh tempo um, replicated on the West much later in the year. So you have a transition spot it, and your, your fish quantity, your fish count isn't going to be as high, you know, but it is rewarding when you do get into fish. I mean, for me, nine times out of 10, it's a surprise, you know, I'll get into some stalkers and I'm like, Oh, this thing hasn't been stocked in a year and you find them, oh. you know, or then you just like, you get into the Brookies or the whites, you know, and then chasing some Brown trout around because there's, there is stuff for them to eat, you know, and they got plenty of, of room uh, to, to move around and hold up in even during the, uh, even during the dead winter months, you know, when that thing freezes up so that that's a great one so check check that one out and here we'll move over so we'll, we'll cruise down 395 and take our little bypass off through the town of bridgeport and head up to twin lakes and this is one oh, of yeah and this is one i can't even speak to i've visually seen it i haven't fished it but the gentleman sitting across from me has so tell us a little bit about twin lakes and your experience there because it sounds like a blast
1: you know twin lakes uh it's definitely one of those lakes not a lot of people talk about fly fishing it but right well but there's a lot of a lot of gearheads, and just so you guys know, we're just joking, right? We love you all. You're all fishermen as long as you clean up after yourself and <laughs> yeah. aren't killing all the wild fish, right? Yeah, clean up after <laughs> yourself, definitely. Yes, especially yeah. in that area. Um, yeah. It's too beautiful to destroy. Yep. Um, but, yeah, Twin Lakes, um, real clear water, obviously. It's way up there. Um, fly fishing it, it's a challenge from shore. I highly recommend a float tube because mm-hmm. sometimes those fish get pretty deep. Yeah. Um, you know, earlier in the season they run a little shallower. You can probably do you know similar setups like Pyramid Lake with some leeches or something. Um, if you find yourself a good drop-off point where you can get down a little bit, you know, olive balance leeches. You know, all your colors are great. There's a lot of tui chub in there. Mm lots of twoies. um if you ever float tube it or boat it you'll actually see hordes of them just kind of hanging out in the shallows so obviously you know i think pyramid lake there's some massive i believe the state record brown trout you are correct. was pulled out of twin lakes there are some
0: yeah 26 pounds
1: you know they do stock it a lot but there are wild fish in there as well correct. especially The upper section, um, there's also a little creek between the upper lake Mm -hmm. and the lower lake, and I believe that's seasonal. Most of the time that's more likely. Um, there is spawning that does occur in those creeks, so obviously be careful depending on the time of year you're up there. Read the regs. Read the regs, because it does get a little complex up there. It does change pretty regularly, um... But, you know, as we get later in the year, it starts to warm up a little bit. Um, your sinking lines are going to be your go-to if you are fly fishing it. Um, you know, kind of hanging some stringer, streamers down. Um, you can still do those balanced leeches with your sinking line. It just helps you kind of get down there a little bit deeper. You know, play with your depth um, because those big browns are pretty sensitive. They're, they're They're very sticky to their depths, I noticed, in that lake. They don't really like, you know, when it's hot. They go deep. You know, you got to play with your depth game. Um, and as it gets warmer, obviously, they go a little bit deeper. You're looking at 30, 40 feet sometimes. Okay. Um, you know, so be aware of that. Play with your depths. And mm-hmm. Use a float tube. And it's a fun lake. It's a challenging lake to figure out. Because you can't see the fish, it's a very deep lake. So... You'll sometimes wonder if you got to throw power bait on to catch fish like everybody else around there, but if you <laughs> put the time in, change up your patterns, change up your colors, you'll find them.
0: Nice, nice, and you got plenty of camping options around there too. Um, I mean, I've driven there through there. I mean, you got like uh, the honeymoon campgrounds. You got um, there's even like what's that, the Mono, uh, the Mono Village. So, I mean, if you wanted accommodations and showers and stuff and make a couple days out of it, I mean, there's everything there and to add to that for those of you that haven't seen it or heard of it um when you do make your way up there or if you can find some pictures on it is on the back side of yosemite so you have a yosemite backdrop behind you um, or in front of you depending on which way you're facing so it is very it's it's cool i mean it's it's a phenomenal landscape it, it really is you know But it does get busy so you got to time it right so you want to if you're going to float too big get out there early enough to find yourself a spot
1: and then it, the water, you'll waiters, have... Play- waders, wait. waders, waders. It's almost always cold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. It's not like wet wading in the east or whatever, where you can just <clears throat> throw your boots on or whatever and, and wait in and not get so wet. Yeah, it's, it's a whole different game. And it's always cold no matter what time of year. Yeah. that's, And you'll understand when you get there. That's just all, all high elevation melt-off. So, um. And then we'll, we'll cover these other two really quick one of my favorites the upper owens um
1: yeah, I, I i've been praying to fish that yeah you've been lucky enough to hit it yeah
0: I've, I've hit that quite a few times um wow it's great i mean the upper owens you got a couple little different branches of it above crowley lake um as it comes out of uh it feeds out of the north you got hot creek feeding into it um you have um um Like I said a couple different tributaries and like one of our favorite access points basically if you're headed down 395 you pass the Mammoth Airport Uh, As you're headed south the Mammoth Airport is on your left um, and the first road on your um, On your left you take that back and you got a couple different access points there I won't get too specific not because there's any secrets but you just take a look at a map And you'll see these different roads that branch off of that one that you can hit different access points they're all great sections. So basically when you find your section you're going to have to, have to hoof it in. you're going to hoof across uh, pasture land. Um, that is all on land lease from the LA Department of Water and Power. so you have year-round access so you can fish it summer and winter. Um, winter can be challenging, you're gonna need snowshoes, but it is a excellent winter fishery because all the fish from Crowley move up into that river so because you got some warmer water um, and great food sources in there. so you can catch lake size rainbows browns and cutthroats in the winter um, I think you're talking you know three to four five six seven pound fish running in a small I mean a quarter the size of these walker small um, it's all um, depressed bank so basically if you're blindfolded and walking across the field you would fall into a ditch into the river <laughs> um, uh, it's across cow pasture so just respect the cows as you're walking across if they're in the summer there is small little, man gates in the fields um that separate the cows from the river so they don't uh, contaminate the river or or mash the banks so they are separated so you do have a safety space in there um a safe space no i call it a safety space oh sorry yeah yeah because some of of those cows get ornery and it's it's crazy um so just keep eye of that man gate because sometimes you could get a uh an angry cow and you'll have to hightail it um in and, and work your way down then work your way up you know and work the corners and the banks and all, all the common stuff you know you're going to run smaller stuff in here but like you know zebra midges you know red zebras all your caddis patterns you know your worm patterns i mean there's really there's specific stuff that you can get into there but just all the common small bug stuff and they'll go for it and it is it is stocked um there is stalker trout in there and there is you know a few wild runs in there um and you'll know it the great one of my great experiences is just walking up that bank and then you can get up to like a little hidden corner you sneak up behind those fish and literally if you stomp your foot on the ground you'll see them dart up river so they're sensitive so i i tend to use longer rods here um no problem going in i mean it's a short river so it's not much there's casting to be done but you're not casting across the river you're casting up or down the river um I've used everything from a 10 foot up to 11 and a half foot switch rods, you know, in lightweight up there to sneak up on a corner of a bank, get down on hands and knees and, and fish corners. Cause if you know, there's something tucked underneath that corner, you could fish them without them seeing you, you know, so that it's just, it's just an awesome, it's just an awesome little place. And I mean, that's kind of where I'll leave it on the upper owns. Cause it's all about exploring it and getting your notes. You, know so you got to put the time in there, but it's really worth the trip. You have the Sierra Nevada mountain range behind you. And across the way you have the White Mountains. The, the view is unbelievable, unbelievable. So even if you have a bad fish day, you just can't. You can't beat the view and be Yeah, the whole Mammoth area is beautiful. Yeah, uh, you do have to watch the wind because it is on a big flat plain, and you do get winds um, all year on that. So
1: which that switch rod helps out with too? <laughs> switch rod
0: does help out. Yeah, you're not going to be putting out a ton of line, but you know line control, you know, is necessary. So don't be afraid to use a little bit heavier line out there than needed. Um, Don't worry about spooking the fish. If you get your presentation right, you know, just run a little bit longer leader and you'll be fine you'll figure it out. Um, And then that, that brings us to Crowley. Um, Crowley is going to be its own podcast. I'm telling you right now. I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole animal.
1: It's like pyramid, but yeah, but it's Crowley, (laughs) but it's Crowley.
0: Yeah. So I would just say it's, it's worth the trip. Um, If you're taking a boat out on it, um, that's, that's a great experience. Maybe if it's your first time taking your boat out on, or you've taken on a few times and having a hard time finding where you want to go. The key is is basically get make sure you get to that gate in a half hour forty five minutes before they open the gate so you can get in line um, and put yourself near the back of that line. And the reason I say that for the beginners is because you let everybody else launch and find them and then follow them out. <laughs> as much as somebody's going to hate me saying that, look for the cluster of boats because those cluster of boats usually comprise of experienced anglers or Crowley Lake guides. Um, who know where the fish are at? So if you if you follow that crowd and get in that that area uh, Your chances of getting on fish are a little bit easier and then from that point you'll have to play with your depths um, And normally you're hanging your flies, uh, you know a foot to six inches off the bottom uh, Typically midge patterns small midge patterns, you know 14s, 16s, maybe even smaller, but my luck is you know, like 14s and 16s um, You know deep indicator fishing drop shotting or even straight lining um, down but you got to get suspended off the bottom and there's other methods you can use but the um, uh, the, the midging game there is pretty strong um, and they're great fish. I mean heck they fight uh, Amazing. I mean, they're like little freshwater tunas the way they fight. They just circle and belly on you and and it's uh, they Their fish you can definitely put the onion to you know, I, I wouldn't say it gets pyramid the run for the money But the fight for the, the fight for a pound on those fish is excellent You know, so I mean if you pull up a fish and it's you know four or five pounds. It's a great fish um, and you probably got a lot of fight out of it, you know, and it's a trick to keep him on. It really probably going to start paying
1: Hayden every time we say the onion.
0: Well, you do have to pay him. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> I say it a lot. I, probably, I know. I owe him a lot. <laughs> I say it randomly. I'm like, oh, right. uh,
1: property of Hayden Buckmaster.
0: Right. Right. So those are, so, those so, so those are some of the most popular waters that we like to fish. There's other waters and we'll leave that aside now. There's a lot of exploring to do. Um, but that, that gets you your start. You know, in, in that area. Um, now, I wanted to touch a little bit, kind of backtrack to the um, the BFEF program, and I'll just give you a quick, quick nutshell. So, that Bridgeport Fish Enhancement Foundation is the organization; is a nonprofit um, that that supplements the stocking of fish in all these waters that I talked about, with the exception of um, of Crowley and the Upper Owens, because they mainly are sticking around the. Uh, the Bridgeport area. Right. Um, and there's probably a few waters I left off, you know, like they stock Just a few hundred, probably a few hundred. But they, <laughs> uh, they do stock um, the they do stock Robinson Creek, um, which comes out of uh, um, the Twin Lakes and, and runs into um, into Bridgeport. Mm-hmm. so you have that if you can find the robinson creek which isn't hard to find when you go up there yeah just yeah. look at a map look at a map and you can see it from some sections of the road as you go back towards twin lakes they do stock that with quality fish um from time to time they'll put fish in the little walker um from around that obsidian area all the way down that's a beautiful stretch of river small river with cool little pools in it so if you got a lot of time on your hands you could venture that whole section and you'll find uh, holdover trout um in that section but um so basically, uh, BFEF they're they're stocking uh, tag trophy rainbows um, in these waters, and you can't miss them. They usually they'll have like a bright orange tag uh, on their dorsal fin, you know, with a number, so you'll know that you got into one. But they're uh, quality fish that they're they're pulling out of Oregon and stocking them down here. Um, but they're all nice. I mean, they're it's awesome. The same ones that they're stocking in Bridgeport Reservoir, they're stocking in. Um, you know, in some of these rivers and stuff. So it is a nonprofit. So um, you know, you do have the opportunity to help these guys out with donations if you're in that position. Um, all it does is help increase the fishery. And with that being said, since we're a fly fishing strong podcast, um, they are implementing the BT EP, which is the uh, the Brown Trout um, Enhancement Program. And in a nutshell, in the past they have had a few occasions where they were stocking, like, catchable and sub-catchable trout into those local waters. Um, it looks like this year they've been able to secure up to 10,000 brown trout that were recently hatched, and they're growing them up to the size, you know, to plant those in waters. But we're looking at stuff like, you know, getting some more in Bridgeport Reservoir, which... No, we we didn't touch on. Oh, we we'll did. go back to that. Yeah. But we didn't touch on <laughs> Bridgeport's just a it's just, it's just a holding ground for just pig trout. And I guys, mean,
1: all these all these places we're talking about, they do deserve their own podcast. But they do. Is, we're just kind of introducing it all here.
0: They do. They do. Um, so they'll they'll supplement uh, the stocking in, in Bridgeport Reservoir um, and the East Walker, which is exciting, just because of the new regulations that California put forth on the California section of East Walker or in our opinion, opinion, pure BS, they're ridiculous. There's been a lot of effort put forward to try to you know, circumvent that and get those reversed. Um, but since, for whatever reason, now you can go in there and you can pull trout out where before you're very limited on what you could pull out um, and what you can use. Um, but with that being said, just to supplement that fishery, they're looking at putting some in there, which would be great because that'll help improve the catch rates for the novice anglers and then help shadow um, the trophy rainbows and, or rainbows and browns, that are, you know, that that we like to go after.
1: You yeah, know, and, stuff. and and you know that that East Walker, it's one of the few wild trout rivers in California still. You know where they naturally reproduce. So right, we got to treat it with a little bit more respect if we don't already do so. Right. You know, even though we got these regs kind of pulled off.
0: Well, and the the most, the, one of the biggest things I'm really excited about this program is the fact that BTEP would like to stock, uh, the West Walker, which is huge with Browns because you know what, that, that would be a a great location for the Browns. Um, and the Brown being such a hardy fish, it could endure, um, the tough waters there. Um, you know, I think there's plenty of food source there for them. Um, and it's just such a hardy fish, and it's a wary fish. Even if it's stocked, they just return to their natural roots so much better than a rainbow. You know, they don't have that, you know, drool-looking-at-the-sky effect that some of these, <laughs> these stalker rainbows have.
1: Yeah, they they get used to the water a lot faster, I noticed. They do. You know, they they don't have the scrapes on their fins as long as the, uh, you know, the rainbows seem to be running into walls even after they're put back <laughs> in the river sometimes.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, That that's a whole thing I mm. won't go into. Just, yeah, we'll touch on that later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. More podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) There
0: we go. Yeah, I know. It's controversial. Um, Anyway, (laughs) so the brown trout supplement, there'll be some other waters that they'll supplement as well, but I think this would be a great, this would be a great enhancement um, for the area, especially for the fly angler uh, going after a more, um, you know, a species that's just harder to get. You know, it's more prized and will grow to size. There is plenty of food sources and all these waters, you know, they'll grow bigger and faster in other waters, you know. And some, you know, they might grow a bit slower in the West Walker, but they'll get there, you know. So, yeah. um, and I think it'll be great in the east and supplementing Bridgeport. There's so much food in Bridgeport Reservoir. Those browns will get big and nasty. And if anything, when they get big and nasty, they're going to be breaking more people off than they're catching them, you know. Yeah. You know. Just like Twin Lakes, you I mean, know, it's unless the same get, water coming
1: out of Twin Lakes. I mean, unless they're... Ripped in the face with the
0: Rapala, but you know that's.
1: <laughs> Hopefully, it's at least barbless. Right. It's still got three hooks though, so it's.
0: Right. Yeah, right. And then, and in, in with the BFEF program and the BTP, even though they're stocking these, and and you can take them home. They do highly encourage, you know, if 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 you catch the fish, you know, you know, put it back. If you're not interested in keeping it for the next angler to catch or for it to grow to even bigger size and enable somebody else to have the chance to catch a trophy fish, because these fish will adapt. And a lot of them, when they do hold over, um, they turn into great looking fish, you know, and they fight well. No, absolutely.
1: And you know, every once in a while I do keep a trout myself. Yeah. You know, eat, take what you're going to eat, you know? Right. We've all been there where we got our limit of trout and <laughs> right. Nine of the 10 end up freezer burnt, you know? So right. just make sure you're going to eat them if you're going to keep them, right? No. They follow the regs. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Uh, we'll touch real quick on the tackle here, uh, I mean, across the board, I mean, it kind of varies, but I think from our end, uh, you could probably have a great time in all these waters. If you had to bring one rod, one size, I would say aside from our affinity for switch rods, I would say 10 foot, Yeah. uh, 10 foot rod, uh, or 10 foot three. Kind of like the Mystic Outdoors, mm-hmm. uh, like the M-Series um, or the Reaper, 10-foots um, in a six-weight. I think you could use on the river and still water. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, for everything. And yeah. the reason we say that— Dry, streamers, yeah. you know, we're talking the whole— The the, the whole thing. Um, and the reason is the six-weight is perfect for the still waters. You can do everything with that. You can do your indicator fishing with that. You can do your streamer fishing with that. You'll have plenty of backbone— you got plenty of length to fight the wind if you need to cast out and all that stuff on the rivers. Some people might think it's a little bit of overkill. Um, and maybe in some scenarios it could be, but realistically, look, we're dealing with wind. Um, in the East Walker, we're dealing with
1: potential 32-inch fish.
0: Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, absolutely. And and those fish know the water. And when they run on you, here's the thing about the East Walker. If a, if a, if a sizable fish runs on you, you have to have... Uh, the onion to stop that fish uh because you're not going to really have much room to run and and it's it's, very
1: rocky um especially on that california side it's
0: very rocky uh high brush lines on the side so it's not like you run along the shore in a lot of areas and that is not a friendly river to try to run up in the rocks there's more slip points in it than I, I. I mean, it's up there with the truckie. Yeah, it gets when narrow, the truckie man. gets snotty, you know, it's just like you're, you're not moving quick. You yeah. know, or else you're going down. You know, you're swimming too. So six weights help. I mean, I I even, no instances. I got you know one of, uh, our favorite anglers out there, um, that runs growlers. Uh, Will, uh, he goes with big rods out there when he's chasing browns all, all the way up to an eight weight.
1: Yeah. And
0: people laugh at him.
1: Oh yeah, no. I mean,
0: it, but it, it's the it's the real deal because you'll get broken off on anything else. People laugh
1: at us for their switch rods in the truck. They laugh
0: at us all the time. <laughs> I know, I know. In the truck, you know, the truck is a big river. People yeah. don't realize that You got like, eh, won't even go into that. Yeah, there's a lot of big water there and a lot of big fish. Yeah, and it's nice to have that long rod for for mending the line, getting reach, um, and getting the power down on that fish. So basically, with all these waters, like we kind of like to point you to. Um, the local sporting goods store out there, Ken Sporting Goods, um, they're the awesome go-to place for anything, um, fly fishing, uh, spin fishing, um, whether you're a recreational angler, just going out there to fish for a day, or you're the hardened angler looking for advice, got a little bit of everything, you can go get your bobber and worms there, or you can go get your nice, you know, flies there, and they got a huge fly selection, like it's, they got more flies than you could shake a stick at that are great for local waters and other waters in the Sierras, so if you're trying to pack up while you're there for another water, you know, in the West, um, they probably have the fly for you. Um, and they got plenty of backup gear. They carry all the Adams built nets, um, you know, fly boxes. You got waders there. You got extra rods in case you break something. You got leader material. Do um, they
1: have born beer yet?
0: Do they have Battleborn beer yet? Yeah. Probably. They got to have it. They got to have it. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I hope so. And, yeah, Ken's Sporting Goods got the best beer prices in town. So if you're a beer drinker, uh, walk into Ken's and he's got a little cooler. Uh, when you walk indoor to the right, you'll see it. And uh, best beer prices in town for for those that need it. Um, but, yeah, go talk to any of the guys in there. Um, and uh, they'll set you straight. You know, they'll, they'll point you in the right direction. Uh, no BS. And they'll let you know where the fish is hot and where it's not. Tell you what to do and what not to do. Yeah. Um, and they're pretty great about You know, when you get into the hotter months and stuff, you know, they'll turn you away from places saying, hey, I wouldn't fish here. You know, we want to keep that fishery going, go here, you know. So great advice. They won't point you in the wrong direction. You know, and it's a cool store, all kinds of cool knickknacks. And they recently redid the, uh, like the gift side, like the gift shop side. Oh,
1: man, I'm going to have to hit it
0: up. (laughs) It's cool. It's just all kinds (laughs) of stuff. You're like, I'm not going to get anything. And you're like, walk out with magnets and stickers. And you're like, what the, what the hell? But yeah. it's all part of supporting that local community, which is a great community that gives everything to make sure that the people coming through town have everything they need and they have a good time. So that comes to my most important part of this whole podcast. I think this is what I really just wanted to talk about was Growlers. 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 Right across the street from Ken's Sporting Goods, can't miss a big white building. Growlers. And right next is attached to uh, Big Meadows Brewing. They brew their own beer, so if you're into the craft beer, they got it. If not, you just want your Coors Light or your Battleborn beer. <clears throat> um, <laughs> it's better. It's better. It's better. <laughs> it's yummy. Um, you go across the street and you can go in. You walk in. You park in the back, so you see it from the front. You have to walk or park in the back, and you walk in through the big uh, Meadows Brewing entrance, which you'll see. It's a little sign that says open. This little door. You walk through it, and they got a bar there. You get all your beer, and there's a little opening in the window there for growlers. Um, and more than likely, Will or one of his buddies will be standing there, and they'll take your order. I'd tell you what this guy. All right, look, he doesn't have burritos, and we'll talk about that with him. We'll talk about. We'll have a conversation, a sit down, a serious heart-to-heart about the burrito thing, you know. But I have to say, if you're into barbecue, and if you're into good barbecue, Will does it in a way that I love. He does it Santa Maria style the Santa Maria grill, um, over mesquite. Um, yeah. Like mesquite coals that he makes, like he gets the raw mesquite and then coals it down. He's got a little kiln and then he, you know, he does it up.
1: sourced the whole thing.
0: Well, locally (laughs) sourced mesquite. Well, that was locally sourced as you can get it, but you know what I mean? Um, and like his menu rundown, he's got half chickens cooked over mesquite. He's got baby back ribs, Cooked over mesquite. He's got tri-tip. Cooked over mesquite. Should I keep going? Yes. Uh, pooled pork. <laughs> pooled pork. Uh, he has a pooled pork sandwich. He's got all the sides. He's got the mac, macaroni salad. He's got potato salad, coleslaw. Um, he's got this whole range of tots, like these fully loaded tots. Oh, he's got man. Yeah, like and then like buffalo tots and fully loaded buffalo tots. Um he's got a pretzel like you know a beer and cheese pretzel and he has this other stuff he had this el nino yeah thing like
1: el nino he had
0: to go there to see it yeah el nino yeah. it's a big deal how long one. have
1: they been around
0: been around for a couple of years oh man so so Will's an avid fly fisherman himself he was a guide out there for a long time and he got into the food side of things he's been making people pretty happy and he still gets out on the river and he kills it so um if you're nice to the guy and you buy a lot of food he may give you a tip maybe just maybe.
1: Yeah. Most, <laughs> most of the locals out there could probably give you some tips.
0: Oh no, sure. absolutely! But it's a great place to go. You can you can take it to go. You know, so if you're halfway through the day, it's usually open midday, like from noon, you know, until the evening. So you can start off your day out there, go grab some food, and either sit down, eat it there, you know, enjoy the scenery in town, or you know, take it to your next destination. Um, like I say, you grab something, drink there, and there's all kinds of little cool eateries around there. Um, you got the Bridgeport Inn,
1: you know, there's the bur- A little frosty.
0: Yeah. I got the, the sportsman, Forest. you got the new ownership at the rhinos across the street. You got, uh, yeah, the frosty, you got, yeah. they say the barn or whatever, the burger place. So there's like no shortage of places to eat, but I'm just saying like, if you just want like that, that belly filling, like just perfect taste that captures Bridgeport, it's growlers just hands down. Yeah. Yeah. And then if we could take any of these elements and cram it into a burrito, we'll work on that. Because a whole half a chicken and a burrito, just a whole half amazing. a chicken, yeah, that would be amazing. Oh, it'd be amazing. How need be, to come together? It'd, it'd be, it'd be freaking ridiculous. <laughs> it'd be obscene. It'd be totally obscene. But um, yeah, so that's that's kind of our thing on on you know that whole Bridgeport area. We just kind of wanted to share a little bit of info with you folks on it because i think it's just it's just a great area to get away from, get away to it's not that far away i mean if you're in reno it's you know an hour and a half south you know maybe a little bit more depending on what part of reno you're in you know if you're coming from other areas i mean it's you know it's just an easy spot to get to and it's it's you know closer and going all the way down to mammoth or bishop which are other great great fishing areas um, but yeah it's just plenty of wide open space
1: it's hard to pick here. That's that's the worst part about fishing around mm-hmm. Reno area. It's hard to pick. It is hard to know. pick.
0: Yeah, you know we're kind of spoiled. You think like we're <laughs> limited on waters, but to really not. You know, and we're, we're within shots of all these great these great locations. And um, you know it's it's tough not to tough not to talk about them. And I don't think we really gave anything away. You know, any of these waters that you pick, you could spend you know a, a majority of you know your your summer on them. You know, playing with them. Let's make everybody
1: mad. You ready? All those secret spots, they're still on a map. Uh Uh-oh.
0: They're still on a map. (laughs) They're still there. (laughs) If you look for little blue spots on maps, you'll find... We gave it away. We gave it away. You'll (laughs) find those secret spots, yeah. And a lot of them take a bit of planning and execution to get to. Um, Homework.
1: Homework for sure.
0: A lot of homework um, and a lot of
1: commitment uh, to fish those right. And sometimes you do your homework and the test is way different than your homework <laughs> right we've experienced that a couple times
0: it is no absolutely it is and uh yeah so you just got to go in prepared for everything so whatever water you're looking at up there make sure you do your homework on it and then double down on that homework um and then take other stuff with you that like life straws <laughs>
1: we're not sponsored but
0: no sure we enough not but... water
1: so you don't get trapped yes there the is decade. one lake that
0: we went to and we we're like wow we thought we could carry in enough water and then we saw some dirty little creeks running around us, and like, what well, if we had a life straw? We wouldn't be complaining right now, yeah. or cramping up, or laying on the pavement for 30 minutes as I did, and basically <laughs> having a heart attack. Um, that was great, but it was still worth it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Right. It was great. Looking forward to it, but not really again this year. Yeah.
1: And we got our shout out, I think, right?
0: Oh yeah, we do. So. Um, yeah, quick shout out to, well, we'll go off his Instagram handle to, to Nemo in space. Hey, thanks for the props, bud. Appreciate your uh, listenership. <laughs> we yeah. like seeing that. And uh, it just in a nutshell, it, we <laughs> it came across this random tag and we <laughs> we were compared to um, uh, the other podcast. I won't say the O word here. It's banned. I can't say it, but another large podcast with with Mr. Rosenbauer, who we love. He's a, amazing. He's a freaking fantastic. Yeah. He's a fantastic angler and guy, man. But for someone to give us props, I, dude, Nemo, thanks a lot, man. That says a lot, and uh, that's why we keep doing podcasts for, for folks like you. So thanks, man. Um, and send us a DM. We got some flies for you. Give yeah. us an address. We'll send you some. So, um,
1: yeah, you got anything else to add? You know? No, I mean we, we didn't cover everything, not even close. But no, but that's how you get started in, in that Bridgeport area. Yeah, sure.
0: yeah, it's probably one of the most broad podcasts
1: we've ever done. We didn't really drill down, but yeah. I think the reason is we want you to go out there and experience it. And Bridgeport's one of the few little towns, like they, I mean, everyone I've to ever talked to in all those fly shops or anything, you know. If you guys have questions, mm-hmm. everyone in those towns, you know, in Bridgeport is amazing. Yeah, that I've ever talked to. I've yep. never ran into somebody. No, that's a jerk. So,
0: no, no, it's extremely tight community that, that, that welcomes, uh, you know, the visitors and stuff. That's their lifeblood. Um, and they like to share their area. Um, but just please with that in mind, you know, just respect it, you know, pick up after yourself, just be nice, be cool to the other anglers. even if they're not cool to you, just keep a smile on your face and keep moving along. Keep fishing. There's a lot of water. Lots of water. Lots of you know, water. You don't gotta
1: get crammed up with each other. Nah,
0: nah. You see people hike a little bit more, there's probably better water anyway. Yep. There's so. plenty
1: of elbow room out there, even on the weekends. No, especially on the East
0: Walker, like you'll yeah. see like Flycon out there. Um, just just don't let that discourage you because yeah. they're all concentrated on the easy access spots, you know, and they they usually just get stuck to one spot. So just yeah, yeah just move away. Go, Go a f- mile
1: or two and you'll be surprised how empty it is.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's there's plenty of eager and willing fish out there. But be nice to the fish. Put them back, keep them happy, you know, and then it'll be good the next season. Absolutely. So, yeah, I dig wow. it. So, all right. Well, great. I hope you enjoyed this. Gave you a little quick brief overview on some of our uh, favorite spots in the Eastern Sierra. And, uh, you know, if you got any questions, you can reach out to us um, on our IG handle, which is Bearfish Alliance. Or you can email us uh, by going to uh, the bearfishalliance.com website and we got plenty of contact stuff on there just mill around and contact us email us it's like on every page so or don't keep
1: listening to the podcast or don't or just keep
0: listening to podcasts or just just go out there and fish you know <laughs> let's get it over with so all right well thanks again thanks taylor for for hopping in thanks for having me nico it's always a pleasure yeah buddy all right and until next time tight lines